Um, hi there, my name is Michael Harris. Welcome to Falling Up Radio. I'm so excited to have our guest here today. She's really this incredible master storyteller. We're going to really dive into what that means, not only for your life, perhaps personally, but also if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to really build and develop your business in a new way, our guest is going to um, help you. I've got about five pages here of notes. So I'm going to do the, this uh, short little intro, then we'll bring our guest in to, to talk. So our guest really helps individuals and corporations to really build brands, community, profits, all around the idea of story. Now, a mutual friend of ours who spends a million dollars a month or so on average on Facebook ads, I've, I've got to read this, there, there's so much here really thought that he had it all figured out at one time. And then he met Kylie and everything changed for him. You know, and Kylie's really rocked my world as well. And she may not really understand or really know that. But one of the things that several years ago, we were on a, um, or I was participating in a mastermind that, that her and an, another friend were leading. And she recommended I get this book called Winning the Story wars and i read this you can still see I've, I've got all these little notes in it and it just like really shifted things for for me as well now she's really good at inspiring people and even this cherokee medicine woman said hey girl you need to get out there and help the world with your knowledge so there's so much more i can say but She's, well, I'll say a little bit. She's worked in the White House. She's run her psychotherapy clinic. Um, you know, and she's like, here she is now, and she's generating just millions of dollars over the years for her clients today. So, Kylie Slavic, welcome to Falling Up Radio. I'm super excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell us, I mean, Jumping right in, why does story matter in the world? I think it's, I mean, I think it's everything really. So I like to start from the perspective of neuroscience and brain science. And if you look at evolution of the human brain, it literally evolved around a story. So we are hardwired for story. It's the way that the majority of people remember things like facts and information. A lot of people can't remember it, but a story, almost everybody can remember it. So we're wired to process, learn and make meaning through story. And therefore it pretty much trickles down through any medium or any field that that we could be talking about. Of course, I've spent most of my time talking about business or marketing, but it applies to everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I know too that I, I, I pulled something off your website, says how chocolate, sex, and stories trigger the same effect in our brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. That's about oxytocin more or less. Yeah. So there's only a few things that, create oxytocin in the brain. Yeah. There's a neuroscientist that I ended up sitting on a boat with <laughs> the Staten Island ferry last year. His name is Paul Zach. He's probably done the most research on oxytocin levels in the brain because he was given a, a multi-million dollar grant from DARPA actually to do it. 
And <laughs> I'm sure he thought it was really funny that he had a little fangirl on the boat with him because I don't think neuroscientists get that as much as like Justin Bieber, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but when I found out it was him and he sat down right next to me, I, I asked him a million questions about it. And yeah, he's, he's done some really cool work, but basically he's measured the spike in oxytocin in the brain when people watch Super Bowl commercials, interestingly wow. enough, the, the ones that are story-based, and he can predict the sales spikes based off of that. And nope. the nope. thing about oxytocin is that it's – he calls it the moral molecule. That's what I was kind of getting at with bringing him up, because mm -hmm. that basically he feels – and what DARPA hired him to investigate was like, can we de-escalate violence? Can we treat each other better? Can we connect more deeply if we – all have a little more oxytocin in the brain. Yeah. So it helps us feel happy and feel connected. And, you know, if I feel like you're, a, if I feel connected to you, I'm much less likely to harm you in some way. And, you know, all this translates to marketing and business too, but it also translates to just having a better, a better human culture. A better world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like talking is important, but also talking with the story and you know really historically and you're probably better at this than, than I am but historically you know people used to sit around campfires and tell mm -hmm. stories and talk and connect and you know ideas and inspiration and, and stories were passed along verbally you mm -hmm. know over over the years and, and I even know like as, as a yoga practitioner yoga teacher mm -hmm. most of my yoga teachers from India, many of them had never written anything down. So the, the teaching mm -hmm. really was passed verbally. Mm -hmm. And it's, I found that to be so powerful. And I was able to connect with those ideas at a deeper level. Mm. Totally. And there's so many traditions in the world today that have been passed on orally. And people remember it. I, I remember when I was studying... The Vedic literature, when I used to live in Florida, there's a really big community of people that study the Vedas, and I would jump into these classes with them, and they would say, well, up until 5,000 years ago, they didn't have to write it down. People would just orally recite all, like, and this book, these books are like this, you know? So <laughs> it, it's, it, there's so much of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to ask you, too, a little bit about your story how you got started because cool. you know I, I go back and I look and I see you you ran the psychotherapy clinic you worked in the White House you did this a few different types of things I wasn't sure whether you were a massage therapist but somehow you went from you know growing up and, and living this life to getting into storytelling can you yeah. tell us a little bit about your early journey totally so the White House and the psychotherapy stuff actually was a client of mine that it's not my background, but that, that would probably be Gina DeVee. She was a really big client of mine. So there may have just been some places where our info got crossed, but, <laughs> but you know, I actually, this all really started for me in my early twenties when I was just an artist and I went to university of Florida. I got an English degree. I actually started out at this really prestigious school in upstate New York for environmental science and forestry. Like I wanted to save the world and help the earth and help the planet. And then I realized 
that involved math and science and my brain doesn't really do that. So, <laughs> so I dropped out of that pretty quickly. And I thought, you know, I, I, I come from a family where the expectation is to go to college and I went and I didn't really know what, after the science thing fell through, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I thought like, I don't, I don't really know. I just want to help the planet. Mm. So I ended up pursuing a English degree. And when I graduated and, you know, everyone said, well, what are you going to do with that? And I had no idea. I didn't really think about it. <laughs> and I ended up in my early twenties living in Gainesville, Florida. It's kind of a little hipster town in North central Florida, getting together with a bunch of people and starting a performance poetry venue in a town that didn't have one. And this was when slam poetry was becoming a really big thing and people were getting together and competing city to city and national and all this kind of stuff. And so we actually started a, a, a poetry venue that didn't have the competition element, but was the same style of like really raw sort of hip hop informed poetry. And we would, we got 200 people in a pretty sleepy little town to come on our opening night. And it was so cool. We, we spent the next three, four years. It, it continued on after me for a few years. I don't remember how long. And we basically got everybody to come on a Friday night with no alcohol and no drugs and, and listen to people share stories from their life. Wow. Powerful. We, yeah. Meanwhile, I had no interest in career development. I was working in bars and restaurants and just like wanting to be an artist. And, you know, eventually that came to a head and I realized I also wanted to make money and we can go in a million directions with this, but to sort of fast forward a bit, I ended up taking that skill of being able to transform the emotional experience of an audience from the poetry venues to the advertising world. Wow. I had no idea that would ever happen because I was very anti-corporate and I was very, you know, rebellious and kind of raver punk rockish and like, you know, not really into the establishment in any kind of a way. And then all of a sudden I'm in advertising and it was a very interesting thing. But now I see the connection between all those different pieces in my life and it, yeah. it all it all worked out. <laughs> now, and I know that at some point you, you were doing some work and somebody uh, with Deepak Chopra brought you in and, and you started working with them. So it was, yeah, it was Max Simon. Around the time that I decided that I needed to make some more money, I ended up going to massage school and doing some work in that world. And you know, I just wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I liked the healing arts. And so I went to massage school and what happened was I lived in a town where everybody said, if you want to build a practice, you really need to move because it's very oversaturated, but I never really had a problem like getting clients or getting people to come to these poetry events or helping other practitioners, you know, fill their workshops and all these types of things. And so not very long after a lot of different healing schools like acupuncture schools and massage schools were asking me to come in and teach their students. Mm. And I started to realize I actually like this better. You know, this is way more fun for me mm -hmm. and I'm making more money and it's more interesting and it doesn't hurt my shoulders. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, don't really have the constitution for a lot of physical work. And so, so what, what ended up happening was 
I really got excited about that side of things. And I started following all these different conscious business leaders and Max Max Simon is the son of Dr. David Simon, who's no longer alive. And he was the silent partner and co-founder of the entire Chopra empire. Yeah. And so, so Max actually built the Chopra center product line, like 21 years old, right out of college. And he's a super genius marketer. And he hired, so one day I got an email from him. I was on his email list. He was looking for a content manager. I didn't really have the skill set at that point in terms of, you know, being a really experienced content person, but I had the determination and the craziness <laughs> to be able to get that job out of hundreds and hundreds of people. And that really opened up my world. Max mentored me and he introduced me to a lot of really powerful entrepreneurs like Mark Victor Hansen and John Asaraf and, and Bob Proctor. And, and those were the people that, you know, babysat him when he was a kid. Like he just, <laughs> he just had, that was just his world. So that really helped me to kind of get over my younger years of thinking that business was bad because now I'm on the phone with these guys and Mark is telling me, Oh, I want to end world hunger. It, it, things like that. And I just, it completely changed my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, as you went to work, uh, was it for Max or mm -hmm. for Deepak or? For Max. Yeah. Yeah. He had a training company in the conscious business space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, and I know like Bob Proctor and Gay Hendricks and uh, John Asraf and, and a lot of these people as well. And um, it's fascinating to me that you you were able to jump into that world at one point uh, doing content and it was that all around story and storytelling at that point? I was interviewing all those guys on one thing that works in their business that nobody else knew about and turning it into blog content. And so I was just talking to all the conscious business leaders, people like Ariel Ford and, you know, Mark, and I can't even remember all the people, but I interviewed about 30 or 40 of them and we turned it into blog content. And then Max moved me into being his affiliate manager. So mm -hmm. I ended up being more of a relationships person at that point, but mm -hmm. it was, it was a really, you know, it was basically going from the bars and the massage tables to talking to those guys on a daily basis. So it was quite wow. interesting. So that, that, that's a huge leap. But it, it was. It, it, I, and I, I love those type of stories and those ideas where we kind of like have this shift that goes on. And, and sometimes it's, I mean, I like to call it shape shifting or quantum leaps even. And I look back and I realize even in nature, how much nature teaches us about shape shifting and quantum leaps. Totally. Even like one day it can be sunny and then seven seconds later it can be absolute pouring to me that's shape-shifting. That's a change in, in nature. And it demonstrates, I feel, uh, as a human being, that we can have those shape-shifting moments too, that we can go from one state to another, essentially inst instantaneously. <laughs> that's such a good way to describe it because I really, that's what, I, that's what was required in that moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now where, where did you really dive more into what I'm going to call storytelling, maybe you describe it a little bit different, but this, this idea yeah. of story 
in business and how critical it is. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened was very shortly after Max, Max had an affiliate partner, Gina, the woman who did work for the White House, and she, her and I just really hit it off. I was managing Max's launch and her and I just really connected and hit it off. And she asked me if I'd manage one of her launches. And during that time, she also just casually asked if I wanted to try out running some Facebook ad campaigns. And I had no idea how to do that, but I, I was at that point very much unpersuaded by what I didn't know, you know? So it's <laughs> one way to say it. So I yeah. just said yes. And I taught myself how to run Facebook ad campaigns in just a couple of days. The platform was much simpler then. I don't know if that's even possible to do nowadays, but you know, it was a good seven years ago. So I didn't have experience as a advertising copywriter or a marketing, like a marketing person. I wrote some blog posts for Max and I did the poetry stuff, but I wrote and I, I kind of sat her down and just asked her, what is it that you really want to be known for? And what is it that you really like? What's the story that you want to tell people? And she told me and I told this story in an ad and the first weekend the ad ran, we spent something like $600 to make 70 grand. And so she couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And that launch went on and did two and a half million dollars in 12 weeks. But what was more extraordinary than that is that when I asked everybody that purchased, you know, she gave me permission to ask and to do some research mm -hmm. so we could figure out why it was working. And, and what they all told me was like, you could have sold anything but it was really the story that sold us. Like we just wanted to be a part of that story. So from then on, I focused almost entirely on story. I realized if I'm teaching people launch strategy, if I'm teaching Facebook ads, I have to t like, those are structures, they're mechanical mm -hmm. and whether or not they work is determined by how good the story is. That's my belief today. And I've seen this in hundreds of niches and, hundreds of times. I mean, you could follow a webinar funnel or a PLF launch sequence to a T, but if there's no substance in it, it's like, you, it's not like just throwing up a webinar or throwing up a, a few videos is effective. It's, yeah. it's really the story that's being told throughout that, that makes it work or not work. Yeah. And yeah. To, to all the, all the listeners out there, I hope you got a notepad and you, you're taking <laughs> notes because um, it's so great to, to have Kylie here. One of the things I, w I wanted to ask you, Kylie, based on what you just said about that importance of that story is, mm -hmm. what are the basic elements in a story that are necessary mm -hmm. to, to really stand out? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, there's quite a few, but I'll try to just give you a few. Sure. The first is that the story is typically about a person. So there has to be a character, whether that's you or a client or somebody that you know, there has to be something. And, you know, if you're a Geico and you want to make a lizard story, that's great. But most of the time we're talking about a human and, you know, <laughs> in film, they would call that the hero. Well, I mean, if I can stop you there, because you mentioned the yeah. Geico, like progressive insurance has, yeah. I can't remember her name, but you know, they've done this for years now, and she's like the attractive character, so to speak. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so typically, 
we're going to have a human character, but if you want to go outside of that box, you're welcome to, but it's not my area of expertise. <laughs> so what we need to establish with that character, that hero, that whatever you want to call it is a sense of likability and relatability. Mm -hmm. And if you watch a film, you're going to see that happen in the first 15 minutes. Like you either like the person that the movie is about or you don't. And if you don't, you're probably not going to be interested in what happens in their life, which is usually what the movie's about. Yeah. So that's the first element of good storytelling is a character that your audience will connect with on one way or another. Mm -hmm. Now, the second thing that we need is conflict because again, to look at film as an easy example, the first 15, 20 minutes of a movie, we're usually seeing a person in their just everyday life. And it's allowing us to establish this likability. But then about that 15, 20 minute mark, something pretty serious happens. And now we're on the edge of our seat. Like, how is this person going to resolve this? Like, maybe they lose a job. Maybe they lose a partner. Maybe they get stuck on an island or the plane crashes. But there has to be some level of conflict or suspense. And that's basically what drives the rest of the plot is like, okay, this, we like this dude or this, this woman. Now something happened that we don't like, right? That's what the brain is doing. Oh my God, no, I don't want this to happen to this person because I like them. And now the rest of the time is spent going, how are they going to get out of it? You know, what's going to happen? How are they going to resolve this? Yeah. Which brings us to the third element that I'll give you for today is we need to have a resolution of that. We have to show what actually happens, which is the plot and how does to take it one step deeper. And I think a lot of people miss this in business, not in screenwriting, but in business. And that is what was the actual internal transformation that the character had to go through in order to resolve the conflict. So a good example of this is in a, in a room in the genre of romance Usually we see a man or a woman liking somebody and oftentimes who they like is unattainable. And as they go through the process of trying to get the person, they become so different that they end up falling in love with the person on the sidelines who was in love with them the whole time and that they never would have noticed because they were too shallow, but now they've, now they're connected to their heart. So, mm-hmm. The real story is like, oh, I've, I've gone from being superficial and only wanting the cheerleader to like me so I'm popular, and I had such a change of heart and got to know myself so well that now I like this other girl that I didn't even notice in the beginning. That's where we, re- that's where we really fire off emotionally. Wow. And so, <laughs> so, so, so what I'm hearing is really that's real life. Yeah, totally. Connecting to people in these stories because they remind us of us. Totally. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, like if you're like focus, say, say on a brand and um, one of the things that, that, that I liked about in um, the, the mastermind that, that I participated in with mm-hmm. you and some of the materials there and some of what um, our friend Mike has put out, even like those old dove commercials or yeah. those, Dodge commercials and like they were telling the story of a farmer. They yeah. didn't even say anything about the truck, but you could 
you know, feel <laughs> for the farmer. <laughs> totally. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And some other ones that come to mind are like Nike and Apple. They do such a good job with brand storytelling. I don't know if there's anyone in the world. Well, Patagonia does a really good job too. I mean, there's some iconic brands that have been harnessing the power of story for a very long time. But if you think about what Apple's been able to create, for example, which is really almost a cult of personality, like it's a phone, but people relate to it almost like it's a person. And it's because they've told this story of, this is what I perceive it as. I don't necessarily hear other people talk about it in this way, but I see Apple's brand storytelling as harnessing the angst of the artist and the creative in the seventies and the eighties. If you were an artist or a creative, the reaction, at least in the States was like, well, what are you going to do with that? And that you should be a lawyer. You should be a doctor. You should go into something smart. And what Apple did was say, actually you weirdo artist people, we're going to give you the tools to, experience your power expressed in the world and to see your ideas come alive and to see your creativity valued financially and otherwise. And what happened is now you have people lining up and sleeping outside of the Apple store to get the next phone when it's not evenly that it's not even that different than the other phone that they already have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's uh, like Apple's always, had a, that rebellious streak to it and totally you know early on throwing rocks at IBM you know saying <laughs> you know, big bad I- IBM you know <laughs> we're the rebels we stand alone you know yeah. kind of thing. they've taken that mavericky energy and said you can be powerful have money feel important you can be part of and every artist I know every internet marketer that I know Every filmmaker, every musician, they are using Apple products. Yeah. Then we see banks and schools and airplanes and the military on PC. My iPhone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I switched over at one point from PC to, to Mac. And I actually bought a PC laptop a couple of years ago. And I used it for about six weeks. And yeah. that's about it. It just... I went and bought another Mac. The Apple really, also the design too, it's like it makes more sense to an artist brain. Yeah. You know, it really does. The other computers are really good for engineers and architects. But so Apple didn't try to get the market. They didn't try to get the entire market, but they went really hard for the market they wanted. And now they're the, they're, they were the first trillion dollar American company. Yeah, yeah. And they, they yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, I said they they line up at the store, you know, and all these pre-sales and they're just waiting and waiting and waiting for the the new 10 or 10X or whatever it is. And there isn't much difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through the upgrades. There's not much difference. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a a little different color or something. Totally. So I want to ask you a little bit more, you know, I did this uh, storytelling workshop a number of years ago through Merrill Hurst College. And it was more surrounding, um, you know, stage work and, and talking about more like mythology kind of stuff. Like I talked a lot about Menahunis in Hawaii and the stories around that. And in hindsight, 
in having worked with you a little bit and reading the Story Wars book, I went back and I looked at that and really thought, wow, that process of telling that story, like about the Menahunis and the attractive character and who they were throwing the rocks at and how it was resolved and mm -hmm. um, all of that is really similar. So like coming back to that idea of history and historically sitting around the campfire, this process is really ingrained with us. Is, is, am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so, different and there's different ways of expressing it and there's different forms that it will come out in different places, but it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. so it, is, is that why, like in the marketing world, when, when you're using story, is that why we connect so much is because it's just like ingrained in us at a genetic biological level? I, I definitely think it is. I think there's a lot of science that would agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard. It's harder to disprove than it is to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, tell me, this is falling up radio and, um, what is it in like the last 20 years or so, or may maybe it's not 20 years, maybe it's two years, maybe it's, you know, 25 years, 30 years. What is it that perhaps it's something that you might be willing to discuss that really triggered something? Maybe it was a challenge. Maybe you had lost all your money. Maybe it was something that caused that shift. You know, um, all of us have had multiple shifts, but is there something that comes to mind that's pertinent to our discussion today? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. One of the, one of the things I can say is that in my earlier years, I, I struggled a lot with addiction and alcoholism. And when we created that poetry venue and that poetry community, part of it was that we were a bunch of young 20-year-olds trying to explore this idea that maybe creativity was a possible solution in mm -hmm. terms of recovery and maybe people have a lot they need to express and that that could help. Not that it's the only thing we need to do, but that it could be a part of it. And so I think that had I not had that problem, that struggle, that sort of like almost dying a million times kind of lifestyle, yeah. I probably would have never been so passionate in the arts in the first place. Wow. So it really, it really brought me to my knees enough to bring all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the feeling and, and even like um, my, my book falling down, getting up. I mean, it, it's all about really this idea that often, or maybe always, I'm going to say often to always <laughs> some, something happens in our life that, we're challenged by it at a deep level, you know, totally. maybe financial relationship, addiction, whatever it is yeah. that triggers us, that creates a shape shifting event into the, this new reality to be able to move forward. But the only way to get there is to go through that. Totally. Yeah. I don't think there's a story without adversity. Sometimes I call it the opposing force. Mm -hmm. in the story and that opposing force could be internal or external, you know, yeah. talking about something like addiction, it's a really clear opposing force and it's, 
it's very internal. Mm-hmm. And so it's an, it's like anti-life inside of me, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so like if my biology is geared towards survival and living, and then there's something in me that's going in the other direction, that's clearly an opposing force. An opposing force can also be an, an army coming in and taking over, right? But we always have to have, there's very, there, there's not really a story without it. Yeah. <laughs> there's just not. I, I used to argue with my mentors. I hired some Hollywood screen consultants, screenwriting studio consultants to teach me the form. And I would argue with them that there had to be conflict. I'm like, no, we could still have a story with no conflict. We could just inspire everybody. And I finally, after a couple of years of that, I started to see that maybe I just didn't understand what conflict really meant. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I I like some documentary movies in the, the movie. I don't know whether you saw it or not. It came out on Monday, the game changers. You know, oh, yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. James Cameron did it. And it's all about plant-based eating and these high level athletes that switch from a traditional um, meat and dairy based diet to a plant-based diet. Oh, wow. And, um, how their performance soared as a result of doing that. So, you know, James Cam- Cameron being such a filmmaker, um, he really took that attractive character mm-hmm. created conflict, you know, the whole conflict around what should you eat? What shouldn't you eat? All of that kind of stuff. What friends say and doctors totally. marketing says, and there's a lot of conflict there. And then what happens as a result of them doing it? Mm. So I, I, from what, what I learned from you, especially a couple of years ago, you know, it still is in me and I still see this process and it's like, over and over and Mm -hmm. over some of these things that I never saw before are now visible. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's so cool. And it really is everywhere. And I think that Jonah Sachs who wrote the story wars that you held up earlier winning the story wars, he talks about this in such a beautiful way and breaks the process down. He had, he worked with a woman who wanted to bring attention to something similar, factory farming. Mm Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted to hear about it, you know? No one wants to hear about it. And so he showed how we can take these really complex and very, very hard to listen to ideas and we can make them, we can put them in a form where people hear it, share it, get it, spread it by just adding that characterization. And so he, he came up with an idea called the Matrix and they used the characters from the Matrix to, so they, they had Neo, but they called it something else. Leo, I think. <laughs> and they turned them into pigs and cows. And, and basically, they created this adventure sci-fi story that shows us what happens on a factory farm because then people can take it in. Yeah. And it had like 200 million downloads and got translated into hundreds of languages. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fascinating because otherwise we could say, hey, everybody, listen to me. I have this flyer about factory farming and everybody goes, I got something else to think about right now. You know? Yeah. So r- r- really, this idea of story is, is really everywhere. I mean, it's in politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, one politician throwing rocks you know, to the other one and saying, hey, I'm the attractive character. Mm-hmm. This is why. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happens in, in our family that even in interpersonal relationships go, you know, hey, I was really struggling with this. And then my brother or sister or mom or dad, whatever, they were a big bad wolf and they wouldn't let me do it. Or, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. But it's just, it's intertwined in our life mm-hmm. as human beings. Totally. Yeah. So we've got maybe five or 10 minutes left at this point. Are there some additional simple ideas, maybe a couple, two, three simple ideas that the listener could potentially take, especially if they're like an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or they're, they're trying to figure out something that they could do to maybe get story in or maybe tweak stories that they already have. Mm, totally. So the first thing is to really, really know who you're speaking to. Mm. I, I can share the story around the Facebook ad that I did with a group of healers. And I would emphasize the aspects of me that were really resistant to business and things of that nature because it's more relevant to them. Mm-hmm. But if I was speaking to digital marketers who just cared about numbers, I would focus on the part of the story that was about the click cost and the return and all of that kind of stuff, right? So it's like know who you're speaking to because – you can tweak the same story in many, many, many ways, but make sure that the people that are listening, that the way you share it actually matters to them and addresses things that are keeping them up at night, you know? Yeah. So that's the first, that's the first little thing. And I think a lot of us miss it because it's so basic, you know, (laughs) that's why I wanted to share it. The second I kind of already mentioned, and that's really like, identifying the conflict. So if you're an entrepreneur, the best place to look for conflict in the story is the difference between or the gap between what your clients want in their life and why they don't actually have it. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a reason if they say they want it and they don't have it. And we probably are dealing with people that or serving people that have tried to find solutions to this problem and they still haven't. Mm -hmm. That's really the conflict you want your stories to center on. So let me ask you something. And I don't know if if this question really makes sense. I guess it makes sense, but I don't know the the answer to it. So you, you, you mentioned number one, you, you mentioned number two and that conflict. I mean, could you say something in marketing as simple as, and I'll take the yoga studios, for example, um, in, and in their marketing and attracting new students, it might be something like, um, you may not have the health that you want. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to get it now? Or mm-hmm. here is a way to get it now. Is that, I mean, can you be as simple as that as a sentence or two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think you can tell a whole story in one sentence. Wow. Absolutely. I've done it. I have to do it in Facebook ad headline copy, especially like we, we have to basically show the before and after or the sort of where we are now in the destination in that just that one split second. So you definitely could. So when you, when you're talking about story, it doesn't necessarily mean a whole book. Like I just heard you say one sentence. Totally. And, and if you, and, and I guess we can make that into the third tip because it came up organically and it's like if you 
if you're an entrepreneur, then you're sending emails, you're making social media posts, you're probably doing things like that at the most basic of level. And so in your subject lines or in your, you know, you, you can put a headline at the top of a social media post where it kind of shows that before, after, or that from this to this, where you're building an intrigue and you're showing, you're, you're showing the beginning of the story that there's a conflict and that the conflict gets resolved all in one sentence, which, and I, if I'd thought about it, I would have brought some examples, but that's a really powerful way for people to say, oh, I have that problem. I want that solution. Now you've just sold me on reading the rest of this email because I want to know what happens, right? Well, even like Nike, if, if I'm understanding what you're saying right, three words, just do it, is really a story in itself. Totally. Oh, yeah. it's such a story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might be, you know, just do it. It might be, oh, God, I got to get out there and walk. Yeah, I just want to just do it. Or I, I really want to, you know, hike more. I really want to do more yoga, whatever it might be, you know, that, that mm -hmm. you know, it addresses a conflict and it addresses a resolution. Totally. Yeah. And so that's what you're talking about. Exactly like that. Yeah. However you get there, just get there. <laughs> so it could be a paragraph. It could be <laughs> seven words. It could be three words like you just demonstrated. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I've also heard, you know, that even though we're talking about one or two sentences in, in the marketing world and say in the email marketing world um, and landing pages, Oftentimes, you'll get these landing pages that are forever. They're like 10 pages long, 15 pages long. Totally. Yet, maybe the first headline was really all that was needed. Mm-hmm. But you still go through this whole process. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's actually interesting because the, I like that approach mm -hmm. because – some people are fact people and they just want to know what am I getting if I opt in? They just want to read that headline and those bullets and opt in. And so you do that at the top and you give them a box right there, right? And then for the people that need more, you give them the story underneath the information and yeah. another box at the bottom. I actually, actually find that works really, really well for different types of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you, you, you get that emotional reaction initially. Yeah. And then you like, for the people that want to read it all, you, you add all that other information and mm -hmm. that helps them confirm mm -hmm. perhaps that that is something that they want to do or buy or participate in, however you want to frame it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has really been fascinating. Um, I wish we had about five more hours to, <laughs> to, to do this, but um, you know, every time that I've talked to you, I've learned something and it's like um, our friend Mike said, you know, even though he spends, you know, a million bucks a month or so on, on ads and thought he knew everything when he talks to you, it changed everything. Ah, Mike's yeah. such a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt. And, um, so I just, I, I feel really blessed and I, I learned and I always, I learn more and I always go back and listen because, you know, sometimes, you know, here I am, I'm trying to create this conversation between, you know, the, the guests on the show and myself and I'm kind of thinking in one mode and then I go back and listen 
and I take notes and it's just like, I hear so much more than what I heard initially. Yeah. It's multi-layered, isn't it? Yeah, it, it totally is. <laughs> um, so where can somebody find you if um, they want to reach you? The best place is my website or Facebook, which you can find just with my name, Kylie Slavic. Okay. Yeah. Can you spell that for the yeah. For on yeah. Apple? It's K Y L I E S L A V I K. Great. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to reiterate too if you're not watching on YouTube, the video, or on the website at fallingupradio.com and you're listening to Stitcher, iHeart, or, or Apple, or one of the other platforms, if you're just listening to the audio, if you go to fallingupradio.com and you go to Kylie Slavic's page, you'll see additional information there about her um, as well as the show notes that, that we will have in there as well. And you'll see that the link. So if you can't remember Kylie's name or how to spell it, come to the website Falling Up Radio and you can see her episode page and how to contact her and um, all the other information that you might need at this point. And I want to tell you too, as a listener, if you're listening, again, go back and re-listen. If, if you didn't have a notepad, go back and take notes because what Kylie shared with us was really incredible. Talking about the history of storytelling, why we connect with story, how to create story, how to use it not only personally, but perhaps in your, your marketing as a, as a business owner, whether you're small or large, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're writing Facebook ads or, or email campaigns, it doesn't matter. Go back and, and take another listen and share this with your friends, regardless of where you are. Share this. If you're listening to this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss additional issue or issues, additional episodes that, that we have coming up. We'll probably have issues in there too, but they'll be all in the in the episodes. So um, anyway, Kylie, it's been wonderful again. To have you, I want to keep asking, you got any final words? You got anything <laughs> else you want to share that we haven't touched on? I think the final word would just to be to trust that people really do want to hear your story. A lot of times entrepreneurs don't believe that. They think they just want to know about the product. They just want to know about them. And it is true that they do just want to hear about them. And we are taught that in marketing, but they can see themselves through you so much more, right? So it's this beautiful opportunity to serve them to know themselves better. And so if you're hesitating and thinking, I don't have a story or nothing's interesting about me, I just want to challenge you on that a little bit. And that's what I always love to leave people with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that. And it, again, it's been just a treat to have you here. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of your, your day to, to be here uh, with us. And uh, so Thank you very much, and thank you for all that you do in the world, not only in, in your work and your business, but also your personal life and, mm -hmm. and um, what your intentions are. So um, I think that that's huge and, you know, the why behind what we do, right? Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's just been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today, too. Yeah. yeah. So Thank you. Again, be sure to share this with, with all your friends, regardless of where you're listening to it. And talk to you soon.